Welcome to the Heavyweights Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dustin Urban. To my right, I have the brains of the operation, Nick Klein. And we're the Heavyweights. We're going to be talking about some NFL football today. We're going to start off with the AFC Championship game. The the Tennessee Titans lost to the Kansas City Chiefs 35-24. And... They'll be moving on to the Super Bowl. What did you think about the game, Nick? Honestly, not really surprised. Um, I know the Titans had, honestly, probably one of the better roads to the AFC Championship um, or with any championship with the NFC. Uh, Tennessee grounds and pounds the ball with Derrick Henry. I mean, that's no secret. Um, they've been playing well. Uh, but uh, the Chiefs, at least in my opinion, were the best team going into the playoffs since week 10 or 11. I think they were only giving up about 10 points a game on defense. Mahomes was completely healthy, and they got Watkins back late. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is still a monster. Nicole Hartman's had a great rookie year, and Tyreek Hill is just explosive. I think the only thing that surprised me, though, is if you would have told me that uh, the Kansas City Chiefs would have outrushed the Titans by almost 40 or 50 yards. I can't remember exactly what it was. I had it pulled up. Um that I would have been a little surprised. I mean, I think it was Derrick Henry had, what, six rushing yards after halftime? Um, just completely the game plan, whatever they had going into the second half, just completely shut them down, and then they got down quick because obviously it was the Mahomes show in the second quarter after the Titans got out to that 10-0 run, and they just ran away with it in the second half. It's like anything that Tennessee tried doing on defense, they couldn't stop Mahomes. He was in the pocket. Constantly flustered out, but uh, he finished with uh, eight carries for 53 yards, including that uh, a touchdown run. It was probably the best play in the playoffs so far. The end of the second quarter with less than a minute left, he had that 30-yard scramble or whatever it was. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, overall, I'm not really surprised. I like Tennessee. I like the direction they're going. I just I think Kansas City, at least to me, the last eight or nine weeks have been the best team in the league. I don't know about you, though. Yeah, my overall view of it was I was mostly impressed with Kansas City's defense, the way they committed to stop the run and didn't give up the big pass plays to Tennessee. I thought that was the biggest factor in the game, really. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and the offense did what they were going to do. Everybody thought they were going to do, really. you know. And I don't know if they're – their defense just came to play like they have most of the playoffs so far. So, Yeah, the slow start on the defense again, they let A.J. Brown get loose once early on, um, gave a couple of big plays, but uh, it seemed like after that first quarter was over that they weren't giving up the big chunk, you know, five to six yards of carry to Derrick Henry, which just opens up Tannehill, who's looked great all year um, ever since he was uh, – Mariota was benched for Tannehill. It was just there wasn't those chunk plays down the field passing from Tannehill that seemed to be working against uh, New England and against Baltimore. It was just, once again, that, that secondary, I think, is a little underrated for Kansas City. They were able to come in. Um, Tyron Matthew, though, obviously we all know who he is and how good he's been for Houston last year in Arizona and just was able to shut them down. He had a couple big big plays, including that big hit. I think it was in the second or third quarter that seemed to just set the tone of that defense again. Um, that and Sorenstein, Sorenstein, he really he made a lot of good plays. 
he did have the hit on Tannehill. I remember that when Tannehill was trying to scramble. I can't remember if that was the second or third quarter, though. I think it was in the third. Okay. Um, but, again, not surprised. I would have liked to have seen a, a more balanced attack from Kansas City. Obviously, they ran the ball decent, but that was mostly just Mahomes scrambling. You know, Damian Williams still 2.6 yards per, per carry, you know, 17 rushes for 45 yards. I mean, that's not going to cut it against San Francisco in no. the Super Bowl. It's just – but it's kind of hard to – it's give and take there when you have Mahomes, who was 23 at 35 for 292 yards, three touchdowns, and, again, no interceptions. Um, quarterback rating over 120. It's just he's been the player – in these playoffs, at least me, he's been the MVP. I really think that's the biggest difference between the regular season and the playoffs here so far. Patrick's making more plays with his legs than I'm used to seeing. He He's always extending the play, but I don't remember him getting such big rushing gains in crucial times for them. Yeah, um, Tennessee obviously had a game plan coming in to, to get Mahomes out of the pocket and kind of get him a little flustered. Um, that just completely backfired. He had that that sixty yard bomb to Sammy Watkins, right? And he his ability to square up on the run and manipulate defenses down the field. It's almost like what Joe Burrow did this year for LSU. He can run in the pocket, but he never wants to take off down the field unless he absolutely has to. He's still looking to move the ball downfield. And we're just so used to these people, these quarterbacks running once they get flustered out of the pocket because Mahomes has decent speed. It's just where he separates himself from almost every quarterback in this league is his ability to scramble and just adjust his body on the run and just throw some of the best throws we've seen in years. And he is completely carrying that offense, but they're also their speed helps. And it's just Andy Reid, once again, I mean, great job. First time going to the Super Bowl in 15 years, the longest span between uh, head coaches in NFL history. I think the last one was uh, Dick Vermeil had to wait over 15 years as well when he went with the Eagles. Oh, the early 80s and didn't go back until it was St. Louis in 99. So, I mean, congrats to him, too. I mean, that is one of the best head coaches we've seen in the last 20 years. We've seen what he's done with Philly. We've seen what he's been able to do with Kansas City. Um, and I think he deserves a Super Bowl ring or just to get back there and get another shot at it. But um, as for right now, I mean, Tennessee, where do you think they go next year as far as what are their plans in the offseason? Do you see them? Well, let's, we can address... I guess the best place to start it is because the NFL draft's not until April. Free agency. They've got some big names they've got to learn, make some big decisions on this year. Uh, Logan Ryan, one of their starting corners. Tannehill, obviously, his his uh, contract is up along with Mariota. Derrick Henry is probably their biggest one that everybody's going to be talking about. He's their number one, has to be. they got to figure that out. Uh, see, I, I'm torn. Do you pay him 10 to 12 million a year over the next three or four years, guaranteed? If it's 10 to 12, yes. But if he wants 15 million, like Zeke Elliott, I I don't see where you could justify paying him that much. Over, I understand he's had into last year he had a good run, and then into this season he had a good run. But yeah, a little over 1300 yards. But less. for his whole career, you can't you can't just pay a guy 15 million dollars off of a, what. Well, I mean, you can look at it that way, but you can look at it as last year they finally, very bold signing, they decided to give him the ball and make him the the every down back dang near. And uh, once he took over that starting spot over Deion Lewis last year, it's been the Derrick Henry show. I mean, the last eight games in this year, including playoffs, he had over 1,300 yards rushing. He is their offense. He's what makes it go. 
but I just he's going to hinder your future if you pay him. He's twenty six, twelve million. Yeah, that's got to. Obviously, I think they're going to resign no matter what. You have to. He is your number one uh, target going into free agency. But the biggest thing here is I believe that they let Marcus Mariota walk. There's no reason to bring him back. There's there's absolutely no way they bring him but back. But you bring Tannehill back maybe on a Kirk Cousins type deal, two to three years, $60 million guaranteed, and let him continue to develop. Because he looked at times really good this year. I wouldn't say elite, but a top 15 quarterback. I mean, he obviously got you the AFC Championship, and it wasn't just because he was handing off the ball the entire time. He's found a favorite target in A.J. Brown. Corey Davis, the former number five overall pick out of Central Michigan, hasn't done anything the last three years to show you anything, so they've got to get him help. But then they've also got their right tackle, Jack Conklin, who really hasn't played well since his his rookie year. But this year, he played his best he's played. He's all pro his rookie year. He... I need to pull it up at some point. His, he's usually he's high up in the league in holding calls. I think he's okay, but free offensive tackles don't rarely go on the free agent market where you consider a top end, and he might be considered top ten at his position at right tackle. So you're looking at thirty to forty five million guaranteed over three to four years. That's a hard one. And they didn't pick up his fifth year option which tells you a lot of what they might think about him moving forward. Possibly, but he no, didn't he, he didn't have the best year this year, but he had one of his best years. Yeah, he did. And usually that is a good indication that you know they're not picking up their fifth year option, they're going to let you go, which is what I think they're going to do. But they didn't take a single tackle in the draft last year. They took a guard who is can be guard or center out of Charlotte in the 3rd round, I believe, last year. Um there's just so many of so many things that come into play with that. If it's a team-friendly deal for one or two years, maybe. It all depends on what his market is on the open market, how many right tackles are in need. Um, Wesley Woodyard's uh, option is up. Um, he's been a leader of that defense for the last couple of years. But you do have uh, their first-round draft pick last year out of Alabama, um, the linebacker. Uh, oh, boy. That's not coming to my head right now. Rashawn. Um, Oh, he's the he's the kid that at high school that had the Auburn tattoo and then committed to Auburn and flipped his commitment late to oh Alabama. Um, I haven't heard about him to be honest. That's uh, he had 111 nice. tackles this year. Um, he's he'll be in his third year coming in. Um, obviously, it's his team. Him and Harold Landry, who was their first round pick, I think, in 2017, out of Boston College. Um, but they've got some pieces there. Obviously, uh, Bayard safety is one of the most underrated players in the league. Should have been a first or first team or first selection into the Pro Bowl. Got snubbed because we all know this Pro Bowl is a joke. But their draft classes the last few years haven't really impressed me. Um, they haven't gotten key contributors. And usually I don't care about the first round. Yes, you can hit and miss there. But the depth that you get... And I like the Jeffrey Simmons pick this year. What I didn't like is that he didn't come back until the playoffs or the last week of the season. Um, but, uh, yeah, Rashawn Evans, sorry, the linebacker, it just it finally came to me. Um, you've got some decisions to make. Obviously, A.J. Brown was a great pick. But the draft, if we're going into this year, I think you need, number one should be getting Tannehill help because we know they're going to bring him back. You're going to have Derrick Henry and you're going to have A.J. Brown on the slot. Um Delaney Walker's what it seems like he's been playing in the league since 
and he he got hurt to end the year. So since nineteen ninety five, might be it might be time for him to hang it up. But I think you can see maybe he can come back one more year. Yeah, he's a nice security blanket. But I, I think the number one target for them in free agency, not free agency, the draft is going to be have to be getting Tannehill more help, whether that be the offensive line or receiver, but. Where you're drafting at right now, I believe I want to say they're going to be drafting um, 29th overall. It's also a trade back spot if you want to grab more depth. If quarterback drops, say uh, right. Justin Herbert for some reason keeps dropping. I mean, we have so much time until then. We have the combine and everything. But with Conklin, if they don't re-sign him though, I could see them going after a tackle in the first round. But this this year isn't very deep at tackle so Tristan Wirth seems to be the consensus right now I think the first overall tackle off the board out of Iowa um I know there's another one and it's not coming to my head right now obviously these things will change I mean you have the senior bowl this weekend that could bring another name up the list you might be able to get a, a nice right tackle or left tackle project late round two or if you like I said if you if you slide back and and trade your pick um I mean if I had to guess right now, though, I think they bring Conklin back. But, I mean, it's still not going to hurt to have another another tackle uh, or guard spot, depending on how this draft falls. But this draft is completely receiver-heavy. Um, there's some decent edge rushers that could be dropping, which you could use, too, even though you're going to get your first full year next year from Jeffrey Simmons. you got Harold Landry coming back. Um, but there are some questions. But, as I mean, right now, with bringing back Tannehill, you know they're going to bring back Henry, even though – I don't think the price is right if you pay him too much. If you pay him as a top five back, um, they're going to have some weapons. They're going to be able to compete next year in the AFC South. Um, we have no idea what's going to happen with the Colts with Jacoby Brissett. Um, Jacksonville looks completely lost now. They're trading almost all their players away. Uh, the defense isn't where it nearly was when they made the AFC Championship game three years ago. We'll see if people want to come there now that Tom Coughlin's gone. So everything's up in the air with them, really. I mean, they're probably not going to be back to the AFC title game status, but no, and that's a whole other discussion. No. With we can do draft predictions later, but um, Houston's going to be able to—they're going to be able to compete for years. I mean, they've still got five or six guys that are elite at their positions. They've got Tunzel now, their franchise left tackle. They're a Just couple sh- pieces away, but they also don't have their first three-round draft picks this right. year. They've traded almost everything away. Um, they have some key questions if they're going to bring back Fuller, if he can stay healthy or not. But they've got Deshaun Watson. They've got one of the best young quarterbacks in the league um, for years to come. I mean, so the, the future does look bright for Tennessee. It's just there's some major questions going in. I think more than what we would say from the loser of the NFC Championship game, um, because obviously we know uh, San Francisco beat Green Bay all Sunday night 37-20. to That final score doesn't make it look nearly as close or nearly as bad as what it was. I don't think Green Bay was ever in control of that game. They had some moments in the second quarter, maybe part of the third, but they could never get anything going. That defensive front line for San Francisco just ate up Green Bay all day. There. Nick Bosa is an absolute beast. Eric Armstead, he's he's going to be a free agent coming up, and I'm interested to see what happens with him moving forward. But – that defensive line for San Francisco is just next level. There's not many in the NFL that could even think about touching them. Well, that's usually what happens when you have, I think, four top ten picks in the first round on your right, defensive right. line. Plus D Ford. I don't know when he was drafted, but uh, he's 
second round, I believe, but I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But Nick Bosa looks every bit as advertised, the best player coming out of the draft last year, just falling into their lap. Um, they've had some good. They've had some success in the last recent years with drafting. They've done a really good job. Um, Debo Samuel, obviously the second round draft pick. George Kittle's only going to be entering in as I think his fourth year. Um, traded for Emmanuel Sanders, but that defense is what fuels this team. I think obviously Richard Sherman had a bounce back year. We know that he still didn't look the best at times in that game, but he's got gotten better throughout the year, obviously made the Pro Bowl. Um, the biggest key for them, I think, going into the defense, and they're going to be happy going into the Super Bowl, is they got Quan Alexander back after he tore his pec in October. Um, one of another completely underrated linebacker for years down in Tampa Bay. Um, he's, he's their guy. He's the leader of that defense. Um, their biggest question, though, is Jim, I don't think I've ever seen a game like this. Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball eight times, only had six completions. If he has to throw the ball in the Super Bowl, I'd get a little concerned. Um, but you don't need to when you have Raheem Mozart, the undrafted free agent that came over from Chicago and went to college at Purdue and was one of four players of all time, have over 200 yards rushing in the playoffs, and one of three, I believe, that have four more touchdowns, joining Garrison Hurst. And I'm not sure the other off the top of my head, but just what an unbelievable game. It just seemed like they couldn't stop them from running the same play over and over and over through that entire game. And usually with the injury to Tevin Coleman, you would think their running game would suffer, but the way he ran the ball in the second half and well, and the first half was just the Packers couldn't do anything with them, and that's why they could never get it rolling. Plus the turnovers they had in the first half, the fumble when they were moving down in the scoring position when Aaron Rodgers fumbled the snap, the – the interceptions, you know, they they were just timely plays by the 49ers to never let the Packers really gain any momentum. Yeah, and what I I would have thought that this this matchup was also perfect for Green Bay. I know San Francisco was a heavy favorite, and a lot of people liked him. I personally liked Green Bay going into this game because they've they've ran the ball all year well, and their defense. The the, the two biggest things for Green Bay's defense is getting the Smiths both as I right. Preston and. Sorry. Zaire. Zaire. And they got Blake Martin. And or Zadarius. Zadarius. Um, they had led that defense all year. Um, Darnell Savage is a great rookie out of Mississippi State. They got late in the first round. They drafted or traded back up. They were meant for this game because they literally took Jimmy Garoppolo away out of it, but they couldn't slow them down um, from running the ball. Um, when a guy rushed for 220 yards as a quarterback, you're not – more than likely going to have to do too much to win that game. No, but I mean, throw, I mean, you tell me if this was going to be a oh, battle yeah, in the trenches. Passes. You take, I'm not talking about the 285-yard total rushing yards that San Francisco had. If it had to come down to a game where a quarterback had to make a play, you're obviously going to put that ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands. Right, 100%. He did look at times great this year, and he looked extremely sloppy on Sunday night. But I still liked uh, – Green Bay's chances in this. I mean, Aaron Jones led the league in rushing touchdowns with 18. You know, you thought he would be able to do something. Devontae Adams got going like always, but it's been the same thing for Green Bay all year. Who is their number two receiving threat? And it has been up and down all year. Jimmy Graham's looked good at times and disappears for a couple weeks. Green Bay has to find more outside weapons. They drafted three receivers in 2018. Um, Aquanius St. Brown, I think Geronimo Allison maybe, and I can't think of the other one. 
they were all fourth or later round picks, but they haven't done anything. They haven't basically produced anything. It's been up and down. You had a chance in the first round this year, I think, to trade back and get a receiver late. Like you also could have taken DK Metcalf in the second round. I know Darcy Donovan Savage was was great, but their first round pick, um, Rashawn Gary. Where's he been? I, I mean, I know the Smith brothers have been just tearing it up for them this year and been the biggest difference makers on that defense, I think everybody could say. But he's got to be – you got to be wondering what he's going to do going into the future. I think he only played 256 defensive snaps this year, which, you know, doesn't sound bad on paper, but when you're drafted 12th overall, you're expected to come in and be that franchise linebacker right away. We saw what Devin Bush was able to do in um, Pittsburgh, and you saw what um, Tampa Bay had in their linebacker, who was fifth overall. Both end up making the Pro Bowl. Uh, White yeah. from LSU. Yeah. Um, both are just playmakers and all over the field. And Rashawn Gary, you know, comes in, I think, 2016 to Michigan, the number one recruit in the country, and had flashes, and I think that's why Green Bay took him, but... We didn't see it this year, and you, you hope that's not the case. You don't ever want a player to be a bust, but it's not looking good for them. I think that uh, they've got some questions in the offseason. Obviously, they've still got Aaron Rodgers, and he said the other day that you know their window's still open, and they've got a good young head coach. But I believe Aaron Jones is a free agent at the end of this year. Um, but they've got some qu- – Questions. I mean, they got Blake Martinez, you know, his contract. He's their best defensive player. Tremont Williams is up there. I think it's time for him to go. I mean, it seems like he's been there for ages. Um, but they've got Brian Beluga. They're also another, just like the Titans, their right tackle, who battled some major injuries this year. Um, looks like he's going to have to make a decision on that. I mean, they've got David Bacardi, who's one of the best left tackles in the league, and so they've got a good basis for their offensive line. But it seems like their free agent, their unrestricted free agents coming up aren't nearly as bad as what Tennessee has to deal with. Um, one of their bigger questions is going to be is they bring back Mason Crosby. He had a better year this year. Two years ago, it seemed like he couldn't make a kick to save his life. Right. Their needs, I still think, almost like ten, is you've got to get more weapons for, for Aaron Rodgers, but a... Another would be a defensive, ta- an interior defensive tackle that can rush the passer, because they have some speed and potential on that defense. Is getting someone in that middle or another corner because you've gotten they've wasted. Jair Alexander was their first round pick in 2018, and they took uh, King in the second round, who has gotten better. He looks like a good slot corner, but he's not their number two. It's where do they go from here? They need some help on the outside. Um, We'll get into the draft later on in another podcast, but uh, they've got some major questions coming up. I mean, I personally... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I don't think you can let Blake Martinez walk out of the building, though. He is... He makes every play besides, you know, the sacks from the Smith brothers. He He's just there. He's their dar- version of Darius Leonard, if you're a Colts fan. I, I mean, he doesn't make... Like the interceptions and the as many fumbles, but he's he's all over the field for a fourth round draft pick. He's one guy I would be definitely hanging on to if I'm Green Bay. Oh, I, I most certainly think you bring him back. I don't think there's a question about that. It's just how much money are you willing to lock up, right? Um, for him, uh, it's got to be a team friendly deal. I mean, he's only 26, so he played over a thousand snaps last year, which seems like almost every down. 
it's just you, you outside of that though you've got your linebacker spots locked in you have you don't have it i guess a premier edge rusher preston smith maybe um because i'm trying to think of who le- led them in sacks can, can they get to the ball i think it was sedarius okay um think depending this draft class is going to be super deep at wide receiver obviously you're not going to draft until the 30th in the first round where do you go from there do you want to target offense you can always trade back um it's it'll start with the free agents you can bring back beluga if you want um but it all depends on the floor is set publicly you know he when he had that interview that he wanted them to rush the ball and placed out defense, and their defense at times looked elite this year. They had some games where they disappeared, but you have with Preston Smith and Zayre Smith combined almost over twenty-five uh, sacks. But outside of that, I mean, Kenny Clark, decent year in the interior. But where do you go from there? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of areas they can improve on, but that's just my opinion. I don't know where you see. I it. I think you're right. They obviously need some help stopping the run because, I mean, not every team can run it like San Francisco, obviously. They're one of the most, if not the most elite team. I mean, I know um, the Ravens are the most elite team around the football, but the way that the 49ers run the ball is pretty impressive. And you got, I believe that they have to go after a wide receiver, whether that be CeeDee Lamb if he's there or somebody like one of the LSU receivers, they just they have to get, like you said, get Aaron Rodgers another weapon. I wouldn't mind that. Like I said, also, I mean, a corner. I would look at corner. Kevin King, like I said, he struggled on Sunday. You saw that. He's he's a decent slot corner, but he's he doesn't seem to match up on the outside that well right now. Jay Alexander looks like he's going to be their number one. Um, it's just drafting so late in that first round. Early, basically, almost early second round there. It's it's how the draft falls. I mean, you're getting some steals there. You got teams that want to trade back up in, uh, which they did last year. What do you have to give up for that? It's usually a second or third rounder, depending on how much they're jumping up in the second round. But it'll be interesting to see where they go. But for me, we can flip the script and go back to the 49ers. How they've got some they've got some weapons. They looked completely dominant that entire game. That defense. I, they've given up almost nothing. It's like big plays this year. That doesn't seem like they give up anything. This Super Bowl matchup, we'll get into more of that next week, is going to be one of the better ones I think we've had in years. The only thing that scares me is it almost reminds me of the Seattle-Denver uh, Super Bowl a few years back where you had a prolific offense coming in against a historically good defense. I don't think it's going to be hyped up that much, obviously, because that was the year Peyton threw 55 touchdowns and you had the Legion of Boom and as great as Richard Sherman is now, there's no he's not anywhere near the level he was back then. But will the 49ers have any, enough weapons to challenge the Chiefs if it if the game gets into the low 30s? I know they've they've done it this year. They played the Saints. That was a high scoring game. Um, it'll just be interesting. I know right now Vegas has got it as a one point favorite for Kansas City, which I think is right. Um, I just don't see anybody slowing down Mahomes, but we'll see. I like the 49ers' chances. The way they run the football is different than the way the Titans run the football. So I think if the Chiefs can stop the run, they hundred. if you put the ball in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands, the biggest question is can he make the plays to win the big game? 
So we haven't seen that in the playoffs because of the way they've ran the football and played defense. So I don't know going forward how the Chiefs are going to address that run game, but I'm interested to see what they do because the 49ers have some weapons passing the football, but they're not anywhere near what the Chiefs have. And if the Chiefs defense comes to play, I think it could be a pretty bad day for the 49ers. I think the 49ers think they have a blueprint similar to what Tennessee will want to do with what they wanted to get Mahomes out of the pocket. But that defensive line, we know what it is for San Francisco. They can get after him. Is if they try to force Mahomes to stay in the pocket, I think that'll be the the end of them if they try to do that. I mean, we'll, we'll get into more of that next week, but it'll be interesting. Um, right now, I think that uh, we got the game coming next week, but... It's just there's so much going on. I mean, we got media day next week. It'll be interesting. Um, a lot of this will. Right now, though, we're going to get into our next segment. We're going to start doing this uh, at the end of every podcast every week. Uh, Dustin's going to have a six-pack of tri- just random trivia questions. Nick's got a big brain, so we're going to see if we can try to stump him a little bit. So with the first question I got for you is, who were the two quarterbacks to lead their teams in rushing this year? Lamar Jackson and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Damn, he got it right <laughs> off the bat. All right. What player has the most sacks in NFL history on one specific quarterback? On one one specific quarterback? Yeah. Do you play this year? Oh, yeah. It's, it's from it, – the record was set this year. Like of all time against one quarterback? One, yep. Man. Yeah, it's gonna. You're gonna say it. It's gonna. It's gonna piss me. The. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and piss you off. I'll give you five seconds. Go ahead. Cameron Jordan, 18 on Matt Ryan. Okay. All right. My next one is: Who are the only two rookie quarterbacks to pass for 3,500 yards and rush for 500 yards? Kyler Murray. Pass for 3,500 and rush for 500? Yep. One of them's Kyler Murray, though, right? Oh, for sure. You got. I can't believe you guessed that one off the bat. But. I mean, that's – he had a solid year. Um, is it recently? Within the last 10 years. Maybe actually 10, but – Cam Newton. Yeah. That that (laughs) gave it away probably a little bit. but I don't know why Cam Newton didn't come to my mind. I don't think you're going to get this one. This one was pretty hard. Who was the only player to catch a touchdown pass for the Bills in the 2018 season and the 2019 season? It wouldn't have been Darius Slayton because he was a rookie this year. No. I know. Um, Because they overhauled their entire receiving staff. Gore was in Miami last year. I couldn't believe this. Gore was in Miami last year. McCoy got traded. That was a while ago. Um, I don't know. Left tackle Deion Dawkins. Yeah, like I'm going to get that. Yeah, I was trying to get something that you won't get. (laughs) All right. Who is the only... Player in NFL history with two seasons of 100 tackles before the age of 21. Darius Leonard. 
No. Oh, Tremaine Edmonds from uh, the Bills. Yeah. Okay. All right. Virginia Tech. The last one. Who's the oldest player to lead his team in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns? The oldest player? Off the top of my head, it'd have to be Frank Gore. No. Ryan Fitzpatrick then because of Miami? It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I couldn't believe he got the touchdowns, but second and third place was Marcus Allen, and then fourth, Emmitt Smith, fifth, John Riggins. So Miami's a damn mess down there. I at least, at least got you on one or two of them. That was my main goal. I didn't think I'd, I didn't think you'd get the offensive line one. No, uh, and I knew that Buffalo had completely replenished almost their entire offense, their their receivers, and Gore wasn't there last year, so that would have been my only guess. Right, because they drafted David Singletary. Um, all right, well that's it for our first podcast. Thanks for listening. Um, they'll obviously get better. But uh, we'll be good listening. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you.